Welcome to the Broken Metatarsal. My name is Rich Williams. This is a brand new podcast from Planet Football, where we will begin by celebrating everything that Naughty's football had to offer. A decade of footballing brilliance, the battle of the buffet, and some very well-documented broken metatarsals. If you love that decade as much as we do, you are in the right place. Now, today, it's the nearly all-conquering Legion United of 2000-2001 and their journey to the semi-finals of the Champions League, including our chat with Dominic Matteo. But before we get into that, let me introduce the voices you're about to hear. So welcome along the Leeds supporting Planet Football deputy editor who spent the start of the noughties living the dream before ending it experiencing the nightmare. Rob Conlon, everybody. Hello, thank you very much. I must say that the nightmare was a lot longer than the dream for me. Can it's, we fo- ha- it's a hazy dream. Let's focus on yeah, the dream, at the least dreams. for this one. Yes. We'll, I'm sure we'll come on to the nightmare at some point. Uh, also, comedian, Leeds fan and Britain's Got Talent semi-finalist. Yes, some actual talent on the podcast. Mickey Peekers here, everyone. Hello. I, I actually got to the final, but don't worry about it. It was terrible. Did you get to the final? Yeah, I have understated your success in Britain's Got Talent. I was top 10, mate. Uh, I'm going to redo that. Leeds fan in Britain's Got Talent finalist, Mickey Pickers here. Hi, hello, everybody. And finally, for balance, Planet Football editor and Stoke fan who is literally bursting at the seams to talk all things Leeds with three Leeds fans. Uh, the one we've added in basically to stop us lot getting overexcited, Mark Holmes. Hello. I'll have you know we got to two semi finals that season. The, uh, the LDV fans. Northern area semi-final when we got beat by our biggest rivals and the playoff semi-final in the third tier. Wow. So, you know, this is big stuff. Throwing an 8-0 home defeat to Liverpool and getting knocked out of the FA Cup by uh, non-Eaton Borough after a replay. And it was quite the season for us as well, guys. All right, we don't want to play it down. So, but it'll be nice for you to, to be able to discuss, you know, some, some genuine success for a team here, Mark. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can't wait. For the first time in a while. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, contact at planetfootball.com is the way you email us. And uh, Mark, an uh, explanation which you need to do at the beginning of each episode uh, of how you can get hold of us on Twitter. Yeah, it's going to haunt me forever. This It's Planet. Footyball, the Portuguese spelling, because Planet Football has been stolen. Just, just tweet him saying, "Can we have the can we yeah, have the actual please, handle?" Please. Uh, at Planet Footyball is the place to go. Um, before we crack on, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBM Index to trade with a five hundred pound money back guarantee. New customers only. Eighteen plus, and more on that later. Mickey, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us here. I guess it wasn't too much of a hardship to come and uh, talk about the Leeds United run to the uh, Champions League semi-final uh, not at all uh, well football is my favourite or oh, football is my favourite uh, <laughs> on topic of conversation like yeah you're right and, uh, and what a great time it was for Leeds fans uh, it's a long time ago when you asked me to come on, I was like, oh my God, you've got to go in back, back into the memory banks here. But yeah, so long ago now, it's 19 years basically, isn't it? Living and working in Leeds, I wouldn't think that it was that long ago because I hear an awful lot about it on an almost daily basis. Yeah, that, that's all. I mean, I remember the time, it was obviously 2000 and uh, Man United had just won the uh, European Cup in 99. But before that, England English teams had had a nightmare in Europe. The 90s was terrible. We were outclassed all the time is a regular thing. In the 80s, we were banned. So it had been a, there was a bit of a renaissance, really, with English football and Europe. And uh, and we were right at the forefront of that. It was felt like once Man United had won it, it felt like, oh, we might have a bit of a shot here. And, and it, we had nothing to lose. We were the underdogs. So it was just, it was such a, a memorable experience and it was, it was wonderful. 
Uh, before we get in, into that too much, we, we should say that you have a metatarsal connection oh, yeah. with the broken metatarsal, which is quite exciting for us because obviously the broken metatarsal we felt were uh, three words that really summed up this kind of era. But but you you lived it, right? I did, yeah. Not myself personally. Uh, my metatarsal has always been fine. Uh, it was never really needed because I was uh, I'd, I'd given up football at the age of um, nineteen. Yeah, fitness levels were poor due to smoking and drinking. <laughs> uh, honestly, retired at nineteen. So what a shame! What a, oh. a loss to the game. <laughs> yeah, really, a real loss yeah. to the game. Yeah. Crime against football. <laughs> but uh, I was there. Well, David Beckham invented the metatarsal. Yeah. When he broke it, and I think it was two thousand and two. I'm not. I might be mistaken. It could be no one. No one had heard of it. And then our best player, I think the best player in Europe at the time, actually in two thousand and four, an eighteen-year-old Wayne Rooney. Uh, I'd paid 275 euros to remember it to get uh, into the Portuguese uh, England quarterfinal. It was expensive at the time, but I don't regret a single penny of it because it's you know I'll never forget that game. And I've spent 300 quid on a lot less uh, in terms of enjoyment <laughs> and, <laughs> and wor- worthiness. So um, yeah, it was great. And then I remember just seeing he was electric. Was Wayne Rooney then? He really was. He was an incredible player. He was he was storming the tournament. And I remember seeing him limp off, and he really did limp off. It was heavy limping. And I just I turned to my mate and said, "That's it. That's us done. Yeah. But if he don't come back on the pitch, then this is over because he was going to win it for us. I, I genuinely believe he would have won that tournament for us as well. And then it transpires he has done his metatarsal too, which I blame David Beckham on because he invented it. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have just done his foot. Yeah, that's it. Well, that bone bit... didn't exist before. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> it had just been a slight bruise on the yeah. his foot. They would have continued. But yeah, that, I have, I have, that's a roundabout, very convoluted way of saying yes. I was there when Wayne Rooney broke his. That's all we want. That's all we wanted. <laughs> that's all we were looking for. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, so each episode, we're digging into one element of the notice from the sublime to the ridiculous. Today, it is Leeds United doing what Leeds United do, being totally fantastic until the last moment and then predictably ballsing it all up. We're back to the 2000-2001 season with Leeds' run to the Champions League semi-final. Oh yeah. Chances is off. Boyer's ball in. Yes! It's Dominic Matteo at the near post. Baduka, oh, played in brilliantly for Smith. And Leeds have scored. It's a goal they have been threatening all night. And at last they have done it. Leeds have a real appetite for the back line. Who goes Smith? Oh! Unbelievable! David O'Leary down below me has run on the pitch. Right, so Mark, your job here is very much to stop us getting carried away. You know, you know your role in this situation here. I do, I do, but unfortunately, I was, I was trying to wrap my brain to like Mickey says, it's hard to remember back. But I don't remember, you know, you talk about Leeds being underdogs. It didn't feel surprising that Leeds were A in the Champions League and B doing well. Because, you know, Barcelona and Milan at that time weren't the forces that they have been or, or, they, or they are now in Barcelona. Stop playing down our achievement. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is... <laughs> Unbelievable. What I'm saying is it, it, what, it didn't come from an outside perspective as a huge shock that Leeds got through because you were just a fantastic team and you went and bought Viduca that summer and you had all these fantastic players coming through. So it just felt natural that Leeds were doing that and were going to go on to, to more success. Is it fair to say, because I felt at the time, I don't know about you, Mickey and, and, and Rob, that like other fans of teams kind of liked Leeds at that point, playing really good football and kind of people were behind us for a little bit. 
I think because they were all such young players and none of them had them, that baggage as yet, it's kind of hard to dislike them. When you just see a group of young British players taking on Europe, it's like, yeah, go on. It, it, it's almost the England fan comes out in you then and, and totally. you start getting behind them. I'm kind of uncomfortable with people liking Leeds. I never liked them. <laughs> when we hated to be honest. It never <laughs> lasted that long too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, didn't, it didn't last long. And they were homegrown as well. You, yeah. had, you, had, you had Woodgate who was playing at the top of his game then. I know he went to Real Madrid eventually. I mean, he was an incredible, one of the best defenders in Europe. And you had Alan, Alan Smith as well. I mean, Smithy was incredible at that time. He was so young. And do you know what? He reminds me of a, a modern forward now because mm. the way he tracked defenders, he just went for you. And it, it's like it, it was this rabid dog chasing everything down. And that's the, the modern style now. And the amount of like chances and things he created because he just chased players down, tackled them, slid, slide tackle, or he got that throw in. It, it was a real hunter. And it, and it was in, it, so much energy in that team. It was a lot of running. They were very quick and they were very young. And, and, and teams couldn't handle them. The game when Leeds qualified, they played 1860 Munich at home and they qualified to, to actually get through. I remember being in the cop at Ellen Road when we scored the goal. It's just one of those games where you're just hugging, you're hugging strangers, like proper hugging strangers. Me and my mate, uh, who's quite small, I mean, I'm like average height, but he's quite small. There was a really big, strong fella, I think in the row behind us. And we're, we're in his arms. He's like <laughs> lifting us up like he's got two children in his arms. You know, when you support a team, they're doing something Better, like almost yeah. overachieving and you're like what is happening here I think if you look back at a lot of the photos from that time it looks like a real throwback it's kind of the shirts are still a bit baggy it's, the pictures are pretty crap actually. I just hadn't filled out at that point <laughs> so. <laughs> so you see pictures of like Batty and Smith and they're there with like muddy shirts and it looks like this group of misfits like just playing Sunday league or something just having the time of their lives which I think is another reason why people sort of jumped on board of it but the one clip, I mean, I, I sort of have lived a lot of this run through just watching DVDs, back leading Europe DVDs. And the one clip I always watch most is the Anderlecht away game. Um, and in particular, Alan Smith's goal, which I, I'm going to sound ridiculously biased here, but I think it generally is <laughs> one of the best English goals scored in the Champions League. It's such brilliant football. The pitch is an absolute mess. Yeah, the team goal. Uh, yeah, and, and it's yeah. all beautiful, one-touch passing. Yeah. Um, Viduka back heels it into Batty's path and Batty's obviously got this reputation as this dour Yorkshireman on and off the pitch but he plays this beautifully weighted through ball to Smith and Smith just dinks it over the keeper and that was like that Anderlecht hadn't been beaten at home for I think I've looked back today it was like 21 games and their manager had slagged us off in the meantime after the first game which was a bit of a narrow win for Leeds he said we were uh, the weakest team left in the competition and then we go to their place they're unbeaten at home and at 3-0 we're at half time we're 3-0 up and we've scored this beautiful goal and then I think Olivier Decor said some words afterwards as well, just to ram home the point that it's not that bad, is it, for the weakest team in the competition, that is it? <laughs> and it's one of those, I think what I really like about that run is that they go to the glamour places of the Bernabeu and the Camp Nou and the San Siro and Rome to play Lazio. But we played these kind of slightly left field teams like Anderlecht and 1860 Music and we just walloped them. It was brilliant. It was a, it was a very big competition in terms of the amount of teams as well because you had two group stages. Yeah, I quite liked that actually, but it, it felt like, Crikey, yeah. to get to Went win on this for a long time, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, you'd got through the group stage like, oh my god, you climb a mountain, and then you've got another one to climb. It's like, oh my god. But the, the standout moment for me was the Lazio goal, Alan Smith again. That finish, I just remember thinking, we've got a chance here, mm -hmm. going away to because the Italian teams were so so cultured in the, in the European Cups, and and they always knew how to win, and to go there and get that result and and get that goal.
I'll never forget the Lazio game. I actually, the only game I went to in the run was the 1860 Munich one because I went on my gap year. So I missed it all. But I remember. That's all right for some, I remember. I was on the doll. I remember, <laughs> and I remember that Lazio game because uh, I was staying in a in a hostel. And I don't really how to put this delicate. There's no real <laughs> delicate way of putting this. But there was a girl that I kind of fancied for quite a while and uh, things were moving in, in the right direction. And I suddenly looked at my watch and realised that if I didn't leave, I was going to miss Leeds playing Lazio and kind of she was an American kind of just left her because I wanted to go and watch well done. the football well done Rich. which I, I feel terrible about in hindsight but was well worth it because that Alan Smith goal was one of the greatest moments ever that Vanuka um, back heel is better than anything you might have uh, got up to with that girl <laughs> <laughs> nothing was happening but Becca if you're listening I'm t- over in America I'm terribly remember sorry remember the name Christ yeah I remember the name yeah, yeah, that really hurts a bit like, a little. <laughs> that night was a big night <laughs> but for many reasons you just got things going you just started talking to her just like, started, having, like, a like, oh just started having a chat and then yeah, uh, yeah I was like I'm going to have to go here because um, Le- Leeds were on I had to go and find like a pub that was showing treat, it and stuff treat yeah. mean mate keep them keen so yeah. I'm a very busy man yeah I didn't really keep them keen because didn't really see her much again after that but again was 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 worth it for for that Alan Smith goal in that moment. And because it's a homegrown lad, everybody knows this, when, when it's your team and it's your city and it's your lad, it makes it even more special. And that was before he went to the other side of the Pennines, um, uh-huh. which ruined his career, to be fair. But he was a, a real hero at Leeds United, was Alan Smith, because of the type of player he was. What Leeds fans love, the uh, same at a few clubs, what in particular Leeds, is a big tackle. If you, if you do a big tackle, the whole stadium that erupts. And, uh, and Smith was known for that. That can get a stadium going as much as a goal or a penalty save oh, or whatever. Yeah. If you need a moment in a game and a player comes in with a right cruncher, yeah. every, every, it just can totally change the dynamic of how a game's going. Yeah, and usually if the crowd massive response to a cruncher, another one comes in 10 seconds later yeah, and then yeah. you go again, don't you? <laughs> well, he, and he, then a song erupts, <laughs> For me as a non-Leeds fan, the one that I really remembered at that time was the Milan home game. The actual team that he had out that night, you know, the amount of plays you had missing. I think you'd lost to Barca in the four nil in the first game. That was yeah, the next yeah, game. Yeah, everyone had written you off, not giving you a chance. That's right. To actually beat. Them. They weren't like I say. I think they finished sixth in Serie A that season. But you had Shevchenko up front, and you beat them. I, I bet you, three Leeds fans, you, you could not name the subs from that night. I mean, I'll give you two. I give you Robinson and uh, and Darren Huckabee. After that, you're going to struggle because honestly, a few of these names I hadn't heard of. Yeah, I know down a couple of guys. Matt Jones, I'd never yeah, heard of. Yeah, he was on the bench. Danny Hay, yeah, he Jacob, was on the bench. Jacob Burns, uh, and you also had Gareth Evans and, and Tony Hatworth on yeah, the bench. Yeah, yeah, never Absolutely. heard of them. Yeah, and exactly. what did they ever go on to do as well? Yeah, it doesn't matter. If they were involved in that <laughs> yeah, game. Exactly. That's yeah, all you need. What did you you, you quit at 19? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I about? did. Yeah, smoking um, and drinking, similar problems to Boyer, really. That was, uh, <laughs> um, well, let's get more from that season. Here's what happened when my Mark and our European footy expert Pete caught up with a Leeds player the Leeds fans still sang about to this day. Here's Dominic Matteo. Dominic Matteo, welcome to the Broken Metatarsal. Lovely to have you, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. We've got a Stoke fan over there, we've got a Borough fan here, and I'm a Leeds fan. So before we do, before we do anything, all right, forget about those two. Leeds United, Champions League, it's the start yeah. of the season. You know, are you thinking at any point that you're going to go to the San Siro and nod one in and we're going to qualify uh, for the next stage? It was magical, mate, magical. To bring it back a little bit, obviously I was at Liverpool. We just missed out on the Champions League with that game at Bradford when they stayed up and Weatherall actually scored the goal. And obviously then I ended up at Leeds that summer in the pre-season, not knowing I'd torn a, torn a nail ligament, which was a surprise to me because I played my last game for Liverpool against Inter Milan in a 5-0 win. Go to Leeds to do a medical failed the medical which was a bad start so obviously missed missed a lot of, well missed all of pre-season so yeah 
start with that Champions League run. Obviously, my debut was AC Milan at home, which was uh, incredible, really, considering David O'Leary pulled me into his office the morning of the game. I'd not trained for six weeks. And he said, how are you feeling? I was thinking, he's asking me about my injury, not he's asking me to actually play in the game. And he said, Dom, I think I might need you to play left side of midfield in this game. I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I said, I've, I, I have literally not, I've not kicked a ball for six weeks. I've not really done any kind of ball work with a physio. He went, you're a fit lad, you know the game. And next thing you know, I'm playing. I'm playing in the game. I'm at, I'm at the Malmaison in Leeds with all the lads. The lads are all looking at me as if to say, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't actually know, but we'll have to get on with it. But yeah, that's how it can, my Champions League experience started. And, you know, not, what, what a start. AC Milan at home, lashing it down the rain. One of the best atmospheres I've ever played in. And obviously to get the result the way it started was, was, it, was it incredible. I think for me, to come to Leeds was a big move anyway. I didn't want to leave Liverpool, that's the truth behold, because you know I had a five year left from my contract. I mean, Julia didn't get on. So it was a difficult move anyway. But after that game and after playing in that game, it was kind of like cemented that the connection for me and Leeds United was there. Just talking about not wanting to leave Liverpool, Dom. Yeah. Obviously Leeds back then were a very different club to today. What was yeah, it like? Were, you know, were they on a were they on a level? Did everything feel like it was on a level with Liverpool? I'll, I'll be honest, it, it's very hard to compare with Liverpool because I'm not saying the standards are higher than Leeds in certain aspects, but it's just, I'd come through the ranks, so it's kind of, you're brought up a certain way, the Liverpool kind of way, and I've never really changed from that. Um, and, and the way, you know, run, the great running around, God bless him, and, you know, them kind of coaches, Steve Highway, they kind of mould you into a human being, and into a footballer. So wherever I went, it was always going to be, that was in my past, but it was always going to be in me. But the one thing I'd say, when I got to Leeds, and we played him, we played him a couple of times, obviously the season before, I played against Leeds, we thought they were quite cocky, being honest, when we talked about them in the Liverpool dressing room, which they were. Uh, a lot of young lads, you know, they, they like to put themselves about the field. They had a good mix of youth, youth and experience, which I liked. Being honest, did I think it would be a step up? God's honest truth, probably not. Cut the call. Um, but, Cut the call. <laughs> Cut the call. Yeah. No, no, no. no You've got to hear me out. There, but then, you know, you, I, get, I get to Leeds and the quality of training was, was good. Uh, it was a great standard. There was a couple of players in training straight away impressed me. Lee Bowyer straight away. I thought, oh, he's a player. Even though I played against him a couple of seasons, and, you know, and I thought I handled him quite well because I played left back, he played right side. But it's then you see people from a different light when you're day in, day out with them, and what they actually bring and what they can bring to a team. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's always going to be a challenge moving from a club like Liverpool, especially with five years left, boys, on my contract. I'd only signed two weeks earlier, so I thought I was staying. So I think it was more of a, a mental, psychological thing for me as well, thinking that I was staying in Liverpool probably for the rest of my career because that had taken me to 31. I don't think I would probably go anywhere after that. You mentioned uh, Lee Bowyer as well, Dom. I was looking through some of his performances. I mean, obviously, he had a great oh. season in the league as well. But this Champions yeah. League run, he was an absolute <laughs> monster, wasn't he? He was a monster in front of goal. He was a monster in the middle of the park. Yeah. He was unbelievable in that Champions League run. Yeah, I mean, he was a man possessed, if you want to say. I mean, he had the off-field problems, but... When he went on that football field, that's when he went to work. And he was outstanding. I think if you if you look at that Champions League, probably Lee's best player, being honest, obviously apart from myself, um, <laughs> overall, o- over, overall in the Champions League. Dom, um, it was the threat of you potentially staying in midfield. That's what, what spurred him on, pal. That's what it was after that game. <laughs> he was he was very worried. <laughs> Not. Uh, but the thing I love about Lee Bowie is, I mean, I got on with everyone at Leeds and I had no problems with anyone, but Bo was, he kind of finished the games, he'd go back home, I mean, he liked to smoke and a Budweiser, that's kind of the way it was back then. 
But, but to be honest, when you, when I talk about coming to Leeds, he was the one with a good first touch. He was the one that was driving on, trying to make things happen, even in training. His attitude was, was, was top draw. He was the one that I thought could go and play at the likes of Liverpool at that point, um, looking around the whole squad. He was the one that impressed me the most, being honest. And he probably was one of the best players in that whole tournament. I don't know if he yeah. ever got any kind of recognition for that, but he, he definitely should have made the team of the year. I don't know if they had one back then. They have team of the year. for everything now, don't they? He certainly should have made that because um, he was one of the best players right across Europe. And I think the Champions League, I've only, you know, I played in the Leeds. Um, played in Europe and Liverpool uh, and Leeds in other tournaments but that's that's the pinnacle for a player so you're up against the best players whichever way you look at it and I, I don't think um, it ever bothered him If you look at Leeds goals obviously Dom you you bagged a couple yeah. of times in this Champions League one as well talk us through those <laughs> I don't believe it, or, believe it or not I got two he, he never talks about League. it Dom never mentions it you know he never <laughs> mentions it at all Weirdly Dom I've put like three question marks next to this note here I don't know what's, <laughs> what's going on <laughs> To be honest I, I, I just like I'll to you guys just to bring that up <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think, I mean, the thing is, even at the weekend, I was at the Leeds game at the weekend, the little rendition of the San Siro song, and a few people were sat around me, giving me a little nudge. And, you know, it still brings a smile to my face that, that you know, that, that goal was so important to, to Leeds fans. And I think, in general, the Champions League run, if we're speaking about it, or, you know, it was it was a special time for all the Leeds fans. I don't think we'd swap that for a lot, really. And the goals wise, um, obviously, the San Siro for me was, was more of a, I think it was meant to be, because my dad's family. They're Italian, they all live out there. They've not really seen me play too many times on the telly because um, it's not like it is now. And for my dad's family, that was a special night. My dad did a few interviews for the Cassetta Dallas Sport. I think he was doing more than me after the 89 game. <laughs> but um, great feeling, great night after the game. We're staying in Ville d'Est, one of the best hotels in on Lake Como. We're all like, what's this place? We're used to the travel lodges and you know whatever else. And this place was like a different level. And I was, I was saying, I spoke to Mark, Big Mark Vizuka on the phone the other day, chatting to him, speak to Mark every now and again. And it's just, I remember him saying to me how nice the lasagna was. You know, it's them little things that I, that I don't forget. Big Mark was going, wow. what time's dinner? What, what time's dinner? Never mind, we're playing AC, man. We're going to go down for a bit more of that lasagna. <laughs> I, I love the player. fact that your, your memory of the San Siro is scoring a goal which takes Leeds through to the second qualifying stage of the Champions League over Dukes just talking about the lasagna. But that was, so, that, yeah. weirdly, doesn't that sum Mark Viduka up as a player? Like this kind of huge physical like sort of specimen, but this phenomenal goal scorer. Powered Honestly, by lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> that lasagna was good. I mean, my, my, <laughs> mother, my, my family made good lasagna, but that was right up there with it. It was uh, incredible. But no, I just think... I don't think we were kind of used to that that setting. You know, you fly out to Milan, kind of private planes. Um, you land in Milan, you coach it to you know to Lake Como. You're like, wow. You're looking around at some of the houses in Lake Como, and you pull up at this like chateau-like hotel, and you're like, are we staying here? We we can't be in here. Then you get to these luxurious rooms and stuff, and um, it was a whole different experience, I think, for all of us. It's a special place, Milan. I think the San Siro as well is just there's something about that place. And when you, I mean, I was a huge, huge AC Milan and football fan of Italian football, so to get the opportunity to play in that stadium and you know, and obviously to get a goal where so many great things have happened, I never take that for granted. I really don't. And it's like the sing song after the, after that game with the fans was just incredible. I, I had a slight injury, and I remember coming out. With a couple of cans of lager, one in each hand. That's, that's a shock for you. And um, it was just this mad sing song going on. I just sat down on the pitch, you know, Gary Kelly and Lee Bowie just orchestrating like some mental sing song. And it was just incredible. And it was one of those moments where you sit, I sat back and had the kind of Italian lager, whatever it was that Peter Isdale actually gave me, um, as if to say, probably well done. Um, and it was an incredible, incredible feeling. And 
every person in Leeds I ever meet was actually in the San Siro. So it can't be. There must have been a hundred thousand behind that goal. But it's crazy that night, isn't it? It is crazy that night because you wouldn't get that again. I mean, players now will be busy on their Insta stories, right? Anyway, after a game, yeah. rather than having a sing song with the the crowd, you know, the yeah. Leeds fans were kept in for a fair bit afterwards. So you all come out. Yeah, they the, were. The, the, they they are scenes that you just you wouldn't get that again now. And that must be when you look back on that, you might just think that was a that was a moment. Yeah, it was. It really was. And obviously, it happened again, didn't it, at Lazio? But I think I think the Milan one was just it was just it was so special because I think. I don't know. It just, I think for me, it was more special because obviously I got the goal and was qualified and it was a tough game. I mean, look at the pitch as well that night. I was chatting about the pitches like I used to play on the other week. It was like the San Siro that night was a bit of a throwback to, a, to an old pitch because the pitch was dreadful. I, I think that pitch actually held AC Milan back and probably helped mm. us a little bit, being honest. Can I ask you a question? Will you answer it honestly? Yeah. Of course. The, the song that the Leeds fans sing, you know, Don Matty, yeah. oh, yeah. he's got a great goal in the San Siro, in the San Siro. Yeah. Sometimes, when you're in the shower, do you sing it to yourself? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, there we go. Excellent. I think my, my kids all know the words, but it's obviously a, not as... Not P- as uh, PG it hasn't got yeah. words. <laughs> PG version. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it's quite a good song, isn't it? <laughs> but it's really good. Good. Without, without, without sounding biased towards my own song, that sounds, that sounds really awful. And really, you're like, I'm up my own ass, but I'm totally not. I just I, I just think it's a great football song. It's one of them songs on that great journey. My memory was, our Leeds had a phenomenal run. We're playing phenomenally. Played a couple of good teams here and there. But, oh, but got through. Oh. But, well, this is my point. So I went back to the list. The list of yeah. teams you defeated before you got to Valencia is absolutely unbelievable. 1860, yeah. when they were a force in qualifying. Yeah. You had to go to Turkey, yeah, which right. is never easy. AC no. Milan, Real Madrid, Anderlecht. Yeah. Lazio, this list yeah. is in uh, Barcelona. This list Barcelona. is insane. Barcelona didn't qualify from that first group stage because we finished no. second. They went into the UEFA yeah, Cup. Barcelona. Right. That run, yeah. that yeah. run is unbelievable through those group two group stages as it was then. I, I think to get through two groups in the Champions League is tricky. I mean, it's, it's, it's much more structured nowadays. But I mean, it was tough. You know, if we think about, it, you've got to play the qualifying games, then you've got the two groups, so you're already into a lot of games, a lot of travelling as well. You know, even the Anderlecht side. If you think about their record at home in the Champions League, when we beat them 4-1 away which I think was our best performance in the whole run it was they, they hadn't lost at home in the Champions League for a lot of time I remember them beating United beating a lot of good sides every year at home and they were a tough side and we went there and absolutely destroyed them so that game has one of the most satisfying victories ever because they've been slanging us off in the local press and Oli Decourt obviously spoke a bit of French and he read it all out to us even though we're in Belgium I think they were speaking French um, he kind of read it out to us what they said and we kind of put them, them Newcastle articles around the dressing room so the manager didn't have to do a team talk that night that's the great thing about football once once you get a group of players who are quite hungry and they're quite an aggressive group on the field not saying off the field but you know like a group of lads who had a bit of ambition and wanted to do well that's it. We didn't have to say nothing. We just went out there and absolutely bad them because we wanted to prove to people that we are a side. And, you know, you want it, when you play against us, you're going to get a tough game. And I think that was, for me, a real marker. I think I even got an assist. I think Mark <laughs> Here he goes again. Was, Here he goes again. Yeah, I mean, I've got to get him in because it's, really, it's not very often I get into that final. We're going we're to so. verify that one, Dom. You can't just throw it in there <laughs> yeah. and expect we will get well, a verification big, on that. Big, 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 just ring Big for Dukes. He'll qualify because he <laughs> likes them stats. You ask Big Badooks, right? See all these people who whip balls across the face, always on the floor. I am always one of those people who will stand it up. And it drives me mad now in modern football that people just want to whip it, whip the arse out of it across the face of the goal, get your head up, stand it up for a central defender. It's the hardest ball to defend. So 
Just coming back to that, yeah, it was a good, it was a good assist. <laughs> you mentioned the manager there, Dom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how good was he, David O'Leary? You know, managing all that. Right, I, I think there was a real mixed opinion on David throughout the squad. Being totally honest, personally, I think the only mistake that David made when David stopped being out on the training field as much as he was, he wasn't. It wasn't like it was a lot that he missed out on. It was just a little bit of dip in the players because I think you always want your, your manager out there. For me, him being a great centre-half and having such a great career, it made it easier to go out with him. And he was thinking, I was thinking, my manager's actually coming out and wanting to work with me. I want to do this. And it really improved me. So, for me, I can't speak highly enough of him. I know there's a lot of other players that will say different things. But for me personally, David always picked me. He didn't like me being on the bench. Because once there was a couple of games in the Champions League where I was dying for it. I was struggling with injuries all my whole career. I used to have injections before a lot of games. There was a couple of games, like the Lazio game at home, I think it was 3-3. I was like, I need to rest him. I've already qualified. I've, I'm having a, I think I was having an injection or I was doing something. I was heavily strapped. I was thinking, he's going to give me a rest here tonight. Next thing you know, Big Rio obviously gets a rest. <laughs> the rest of the big the rest of the big ears get the rest. He pulls me at the hotel, the Malmaison, and goes, Tom, you're playing tonight. Where am I playing? I'm, I'm like, my legs hanging off. He said, oh, no, I need you to play. So, you know, when someone's saying that to me, then my... I'm playing. That's that why we conceded words. three that night, Dom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because we were just we, we just went for it, didn't we? And so did they. No, you know what? That was a great game to play. It was a good game. That was a brilliant game to play, in. and that's how football should be played. I don't care what anyone says. But yeah, when, when the manager, he had so much faith in me, David O'Leary, and I've never really had that too much. When he left Leeds, if you think about it, we were in a decent. We weren't in a bad position. If David had stayed, I do believe things wouldn't have, wouldn't have escalated as well like it did. When he's spoken about escalation, Dom, we, we can't really talk about the incredible run. I mean, I know there was, there was a quarter final in the UEFA Cup the next season, wasn't there? Yeah. But we can't yeah, talk yeah. about this this incredible charge without sadly the Icarus-like yeah, drop. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> Why do we have to go into that? I mean, what are you doing that for? I, again, this might be because I was still relatively young at this time, but I again thought it was yeah. quite a longer period than it was before the club were in the second. We're in what is now the championship, yeah. but actually it was what four seasons. Honestly, honestly I, I was. I know there's a lot. Of, you got to be careful what you say, but I You know, I, I still think about that most days. There's not a week goes by I would say that I don't think about rele- that relegation. Not a chance. From where we were to where we went to. I still have nightmares about it and I still feel partly responsible. I'm big enough to admit that I was there. I was captain the side at the time. But, you know, there's a lot of other things off the field, there's a lot of things on the field. But at the end of the day, I always say, I don't care who your manager is, what the off-field problems is, is the players, when they go on to cross the line, yes, the structure was all over the place. Yes, training was rubbish at times. But we still had good enough players not to be in that position. I just think it's difficult to say, but it just felt like the wheels were coming off and, for me personally, as players, I think that we could have done a bit more. Me included, everyone could have done a bit more. I know that's it's, it's easy to say that now, but I do believe that. I generally tried my bo- tried my bollocks off week in week out, but it just it was it was weird. Training was crap, and that period it wasn't right. It was awful. It was awful. I didn't even know who to speak to at times about the about, about the off field on field problems. There was so many. There's so many different things, scenarios of the club. It was, it was horrible and sad, sad days. 
Dom, um, we, we know we know you've got to go and uh, what's up yeah. to Duker about lasagnas and uh, and assists <laughs> and your crosses to the back stick. But just before you do very quickly, I, there's no yeah. point in focusing on the you know the semi-final defeat. We all know that was to Valencia and nil nil at Ellen yeah. Road and then three nil away from yeah. home, and that was the end of the journey. But just to get in like the psyche of of a football squad and a team, you start that qualifying before the season. You know, eighteen sixty Munich, yeah. you're through, and you're like, all right, all right, we're in the group stages. Here. You're looking at Milan, Barcelona, Bekistad, the that one. Yeah. thank you. And then, yeah. you know, you threw... At what point do you all look at each other after a game and think, shit, lads, we could win this. What's, what's going on here? Uh, to, to be honest, I think... I think the Deportivo game at home was huge. I think there was... After that game, we all got in the dressing room. I think we were too cocky going into the next game. But I thought... <laughs> I think for a moment, I, I, I thought, bloody hell, we're not a bad side here. Because, you know, we demolished them. And they were a real... I mean, I'm, I'm talking about... They were a top side. Real top side. The team was full of top players. Um, and, we, and then I felt like then I got deflated again in Deportivo because they absolutely battered us and we scraped through. But I, I, I generally believe after the Deportivo game at, at Ellen Road, that was the moment I think you had that belief. Where, oh, hold on a minute. Because if they're 3-0 up, you think, well, we're in the semis, don't you? Without being too confident. Yeah. And that, that could have went wrong. But you think, oh, we're in the semis. Yeah, then, then you're only two games away. It was difficult to take the semi-final, um, but a great run, an amazing team, but wasn't going to be. And all I can say for the Leeds United now is we're going back in the right direction, which I love. And once they're back in the Premier League, I'll be able to breathe again because that's where I want that club to be. And, and going forward, I think they're in good hands. We can feel the pain in your voice. We can also feel the joy when you talk about the, uh, <laughs> the Champions League run. Uh, thank you so yeah. much for being on the Broken Metatarsal. Absolutely splendid talking to you. And thank you yeah. for one of the greatest seasons in my life, Dom. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Cheers, boys. So Dominic Matteo then uh, perfectly saw summing up that run really for us, wasn't he? I thought it was a great interview. Really enjoyed it. And um, I never, it's a club legend, like you say, still. But I've never thought about it before, really. And he, he kind of blames himself for... for he, he left the club. And we've never recovered. It's been that long. And, and now I kind of blame him as well. <laughs> so I've got a newfound hatred for Dominic Matteo what I liked about it is he obviously grew up as a Liverpool fan and you could tell he had that passion but he was really speaking as if he was a Leeds fan yeah. Leeds through totally. I think the thing that for me really stood out was, was towards the end there is that bit of as a team mentality when you start thinking to yourselves shit this is on you know, and and for them, that semi final that actually maybe was it a subconscious thing possibly something at the point where they were like we could, we could get to the final was sort of the point. Is that the point where you stop being the underdog? Is that the point where you, you lose that kind of spirit? Is that maybe what had happened in that run? I think so. I think so. With it, with it, we beat Deportivo, we tore them apart first leg at home and then we lost in the second leg. Uh, and then it, there was a kind of like, I, I think we might have run out of steam here because I do remember a, a quite pessimistic feeling behind the elation as well of like we're in the semi-finals here this could we, but it didn't feel that Lazio moment of we could do this it felt like could we get lucky because there is that mentality that even with Leeds fans that oh, you know when it comes to the final hurdle that's when we're going to we know we're going to mess yeah. we know we're going to mess it up when I got to the final Britain's Got Talent I remember I messed it <laughs> and, I, and I messed it up right totally messed it up uh, I, all, loads of Leeds fans went that is so Leeds <laughs> I was like yeah I know are well you, you going to blame so Dom, Dom, Dom Matteo yeah, as well probably, yeah why not why not I need someone else to blame I'm trying to deflect as much as possible you but should just is... try to claim that like where you, where you claim 1975 you just said no nah, I did win it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally 
<laughs> we are the champions of champions, champions of, of BGT. Got talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as a but as a as a season, when you look back on it, it it's it's going to be hard. And for any, for any fans anyway, you try and look at teams that have replicated that kind of underdog teams coming through the the young players. That doesn't happen. Forget Leeds. For, for a minute, whether it's Leeds or another team. That just doesn't happen often. That is a, a set of ingredients that came together with a young manager as well and some special things that were happening, but uh, a kind of melting pot of things that just created this this thing, this experience for Leeds fans that will, will always be remembered. It's a lot of factors, I think. It's, it's us against them mentality as well, but we had a fantastic youth setup coming through at the same time. We really did. And we also had players playing at the peak you don't realise it, apart from Ferdinand, who did go on um, and play at the top level for a long time, but he was fantastic for us as well. We had a, we had a, a 11 players that played their best football and their best was one of the best players in Europe at, at all levels. That team was incredible. Hearts free kicks. Every set piece was dangerous. Smith playing well, Vaduka up top. Vaduka, one of the best strikers in Europe. That midfield, we've talked about Batty, Dakar, that is so difficult, Boyer, to play against. And then you've got Harry Kuehl. How good was Harry Kuehl? We've not even mentioned him yet. We're not allowed to mention him, are we? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, he was just so good and he was so good for Leeds. He, he, he never he never really got beyond that. He, he peaked uh, in, that, in that early notice for Leeds. It was incredible. And then we had the defence of Woodgate, one of the best defenders in Europe, I think, at that time as an 18, 19-year-old Robinson in net. How good was Robbo in there? Well, he was just breaking through, of course, you know, from yeah, Nigel Martin. Yeah. When you think when you think at the time we had Nigel Martin and Paul Robinson. Yeah. I mean, two England wow. keepers. Do you, do you know what? As a as a non-Leeds fan, when you think about defences over the years, there's, there's two or three that you could just reel off. United, um, Arsenal, the first Arsenal defence that won the league. That Leeds defence and that Leeds team, you know, you can run through that. That is just Everyone knows that team. That's how good you were. Yeah, Danny Rad- Mills. Danny Rad- Mills. And we had Kelly as well. As Lucas Radaby was there as well. I think one of my yeah. favourite ever football films is from that run. And it's Radaby leading the team out at 1860 Munich. And it's in this beautiful yellow away shirt. And it's the Olympic Stadium. So he's going across the running track. And he's just grinning, obviously, like yeah. Lucas Radaby does. I think he might have got a serious injury in, in that run, though. So he maybe didn't play as what? much. But he was such a brilliant player. What I want to know from you guys it's because as football fans and, and Alex Brooker said this about the invincible season he's an Arsenal fan and I know it RP because a Stoke fan come sort of nine or ten years after this and you just don't appreciate it when you're in it did you realise this is brilliant or did you, were you just swept up in it you realise it's brilliant I, I think you do because mm. you, you know I don't say it's the wrong way but but the, the, the Stoke good Here times go. <laughs> the, Stoke, the Stoke good times aren't semi-finals of the Champions League right so you do realise you know if Stoke were in the semi going towards a brilliant run in the yeah, Champions yeah, League yeah. You would re- so you do realise that what you don't realise is how flimsy how fragile success is yeah um, and you know there are big teams at the, the moment who've had loads of success who are now seeing you know look at Manchester United as an example their, their fans for the first time in a, in a long time are thinking oh where's the success gone and what, what you don't realise is just how, how fragile it is and how quickly that goes I mean and in, Peter Ristel definitely didn't realise how in, fragile it no, was in, in Leeds' case it's slightly more dramatic than the most yeah. but th- I think that's the thing you do realise it's happening because like you were saying as well it's that sense of going into the games and suddenly thinking we're going to do we're, we're going to do them yeah. We're going to do them. Or being at work the next day and, and seeing and, and the, the chat about it the whole time. I wish there was WhatsApp groups back then. Oh, Flipping heck, I would yeah. have had a great WhatsApp group on, <laughs> on Leeds' run on the Champions League. We would have been loving that every day. The gifts flying around, I can imagine. 
you just don't realise how how so so if you do support a team who at the moment are in a richer vein of form, enjoy it. it definitely yeah. enjoy it. It's Leeds United. Don't think we're going up this season because we're not. We're going to finish fourth. <laughs> See, that, if I could just say that is just typical Leeds fans Cost all over. Is. As much as we tra- we're trying to celebrate one of the greatest seasons ever, we can't help ourselves. We can't. We can't <laughs> no. talk about it. And um, before we wrap up, let's just do a bit of football fact, uh, football fiction. Uh, Rob, Mark, and Mickey uh, all have a a footballing story from this season to do with the Leeds United uh, run to the. Semi-final of the Champions League. Only one of them is fact. The other two are totally made up. They are fiction. So uh, let's start with Mark. Surprise me. Well, I am going to surprise you because this is about David Batty. And I know you all think of him tough as nails. No way, you know, would he miss any games unless he really, really had to. But actually he did miss quite a few uh, league games after he was run over by his daughter's bicycle. Now you're thinking, no way is a little four-year-old's bicycle ruling David Batty out. But it did for quite a few games. Well, did you, can you elaborate on where the injury was? I think we're going to have to say it was a metatarsal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Mickey, what are you got for us, buddy? Alan Smith put his uh, Champions League run down to secretly eating his own mum's food rather than the club's. But what's interesting here, because Smith is uh, Rothwell-based, not far from Ellen Road, his mum was a nutritionist. And she used to work with, she never actually managed to work for Leeds United, but she used to work with sports people. And she was an expert nutritionist in, uh, in you know, how to eat well and perform at the highest level. There's, there's way more detail to make there's a story a than mine. detail to your bicycle over there. Now, yes. I'll tell you what's interesting about that, because Don Matteo mentioned the, the now famous lasagna in Milan. I'm just wondering whether him and, him and Dukes liked. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether um, Smith, Alan yeah. Smith had taken a little was, Tupperware over to Milan with him well, or something his mum had made. didn't have the lasagna. There was yeah. none left for Smithy, so yeah. he had to take his own packed lunch. Is that, yeah. what, we, yeah. that, is that what we're saying on the, the away trips? He was taking stuff with him? Apparently, his mum... Smith's mum used to supply quite a lot of players with food. Who knew there was a black market for that? Yeah, yeah. sold the lads out. Tupperware, that is it. Making a few quid on the side. Here you go, here's some spag ball. Right, uh, Rob, what have you got? Before the Champions League semi final versus Valencia, Ian Hart told David O'Leary in confidence that he'd had an upsetting nightmare and the game should be called off. Did we have any details on what the nightmare... What, was it the nightmare that we were going to lose 3-0? Well, was, was, was it the next 16 yeah, years? The, 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 <laughs> that wasn't necessary. That wasn't necessary. Sorry, lads. It's all right, we had to go at you. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah, so. that Don Matteo ruined the club. <laughs> Sorry, Dom. I'm not sure how much of a clairvoyant he was, but I think it was so upsetting he didn't actually want to elaborate on it or, or, or O'Leary didn't want to elaborate on it, whether it was... a. So too Ian, da- too Ian, dark. Hart, Ian Hart genuinely thinks that because he's had a nightmare, he can uh, he can head over, over to your wife and say, we need to postpone need this game. Off. Something bad's going to happen. That's what he went with? I think so, yeah. Okay, so we've got... Um, <laughs> these are all ridiculous, but one of them is true. So t- I do not remember David Batty and the daughter's bicycle incident of 2001 or whatever it, it might have been, but you are... Pretty certain that happened. It's not how you want to remember David Batty, is it? So you've just but, you've just wiped it from your mind. And it's not how David Batty wants to be remembered either. Absolutely. He doesn't want to be remembered. He wants to be removed from, from history and just live his life. Wants to ride motorbikes, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Batty has fun for missing games through things like that, though. I think he missed a game because he basically fell down a drain in town once when he was younger <laughs> and he was pissed up. And some like a, a, a great, he got his leg stuck in on something like that. Uh, I can't come in, I'm, I'm stuck in town. <laughs> we need to do a David Batty podcast. And Alan Smith's only eating his mum's food. I feel like that's something that Alan Smith would do. His mum was a nutritionist, of course, as well. Didn't, you don't have to keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you know what? On the basis that you've said the sentence, his mum was a nutritionist at least five times. Uh, Mickey, as our guest today, I'm going to say that yours is the footballing fact. 
Well, there is an F here, but that, that stands for false, I'm afraid. Oh, no. Completely um, made it all, just went into a lot of detail and it fooled you. Is it David Batty in the, in the, in the bicycle? It is indeed. Honestly. <laughs> Little bicycle ruled out bats. Can you believe it? Do you have insurance for that as a player? I don't think it's covered. It is, it is now, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, but but now it is. Uh, well, there you go. Footballing facts, footballing fiction. Um, this episode was brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBM for the broken metastar. So that's TBM Index to trade with a £500 money back guarantee. New customers only, 18 plus. And you can contact us uh, by emailing contact at planetfootball.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and raters brackets favorably would be preferable close brackets uh, if you want to do that to make sure you don't miss an episode um, Mickey thank you so much for joining us pleasure uh, Rob and Mark same to you as well and join us next time we will be talking about a man some love to hate one of the most successful managers to ever grace world football a man who has managed some of the top teams in the world he's not arrogant he's just special yeah it's Jose Mourinho the special one next time on the Broken Metatarsal Metatarsal